This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Steve Plowman, CC. Plough on, guys. Thank you, much. Yeah, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I'll just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer, which went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Hello, and thanks for coming to the safe space that we've created on this podcast where friends, blokes and mates get together and we like to share and listen to stories of cricket, quiches and all sorts of other nonsense. Joining me today from somewhere in London, I believe, maybe Oxford, it is Deray Joshua Pretorius. Deray, how are you doing, mate? Very well, thank you, Spence. Um, I got nervous because I haven't been on the podcast for a while, so I've had one or two beers. Um, so maybe uh, loop, well lubricated and ready for the pod. But very excited. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for falling straight into my rehearsed joke that I'm glad you've had a couple of beers because normally you're quite boring sober. So uh, thank you very much for that. And then also joining us today, two new and very exciting guests. We've got Simon Crane, Kakor. How are you doing, Simon? Very good. Thanks, Vince. Great to be here. Um, of course, long time listener, first time caller. Um, but yeah. Uh, excited to have got the call up late this evening to uh, make my debut appearance so looking forward to it pleasure to be here on your debut with you and also joining us chris roden smith chris how are you where are you at the moment uh, i'm in camberwell um thanks for having us lads bit nervous as well um liam's tried to tee this up a few times with me and we've had a few playing misses so far so nice to finally join you most people do play a mr liam setup so uh there's nothing out of the ordinary so we're going to run through this weekend's game three away games no one was down at the dsg no uh bad jake and no lucky the dog this weekend we were in uxbridge on saturday addington 1743 cc on sunday and Vidane green as well after that we'll take a look at our fantasy league our top run scorers and our wicket takers, as well as any other business, which I know is a fan favourite section. First, though, I'm just going to take a moment to get to know our new guests a little better. Simon, I'll come to you. How did you join Ploughman's Cricket Club? Who introduced you and what made you get involved? Uh, well, I think it's a bit of a, a, a common, well, a, a story I've heard a few times from a few different Ploughmen, but it was uh, Max Gumpet. Um, met him and I think it was also uh, Ollie Lonsdale, Hector were one probably some freezing morning in February a Saturday uh, at Brockwell Park Nets um, pretty much where I spent the last year and a half in lockdown with a cricket ball just throwing it down day after day for something to do um, and yeah I, I, um, and then I, I, yeah, I saw them oh, well, yeah, one morning and I was just sort of saying yep First time playing cricket, looking to find a club, and Max was like, "Got the place for you, mate. Come down Thursday. We've got nets on." Um, yeah, we started from there, really. Um, I think my f- I, I remember my first. I think I came to the club day uh, at the start of this year, and I was absolutely bricking it, but uh, made it through that. Um, and yeah, uh, loving it so far. Yeah, Max has been a bit of a mass recruiter down there. I, I get the impression that people must see him playing and think. Yeah, I'm better than him, so I'm going to join his club. Yeah. If he says he's so good, he plays in the first team or whatever, I reckon I've got a chance. Yeah, they see him smashing balls left, right and centre at Brockwell Park. I think, oh, I might have a bit of that too. Um, I actually think yeah, Dan Rumford was there as well, so I think he was a, another recruit potentially from the Brockwell Park 
gang. But yeah, that's where it all started. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a breeding ground. Lots of you see all the same phases here at Brockwell week after week, and so I think there's a few guys that come through from there, which is it's a really good place to to play cricket or well practice cricket on a weekend or a weeknight. Well, welcome to the club. You've been a fantastic addition this season, as have you, Chris. Uh, have you got a similar story? How did you join us? Um, I have a bit of a different story. I was playing for a different club in the Surrey Cricket League. So I used to play for a side called Wimbledon Village, who have got a really long history, wonderful lads, um, and they ended up folding at the end of 2019. They basically really struggled to get 11 players on the field. And after a few years of that, it wore pretty thin, a few guys winding up to retirement. Um, so when they finished, we had a, a new club move into our old home ground, who we gave it a go with, but it really wasn't the club for us. So when I when I left them, I sort of thought, oh, I, I wasn't sure if I'd play cricket, really. And my best mate actually dobbed me in because he had Liam's phone number. So <laughs> he passed that along. And I'd remembered our last game for Village was against the Plough. And I remember them being good lads and enjoyed a drink afterwards and... I think Liam would make a great recruiter for the Church of Scientology or something like that because I, I was not <laughs> yeah. that interested, I have to say, and he was he was quite sort of persistent and he was like, just come along to the nets, have a go, meet the lads, and the more I got in, the more it dragged me in. It's been a very welcoming club and I've really enjoyed it, so that's how I'm here. Persistent is a very good description of our uh, <laughs> Liam the Earl Grey, and I like the I like the fact that your mate just had his number. Not necessarily cricket related, just found it in a toilet cubicle. I'm sure it was from the post drinks. I'm sure there's there seems to be a good uh, recruiting brain on with a lot of the ploughmen, as, as you've not noticed. Not found so. in the swamp at 4 a.m. <laughs> just tape it to the bottom of a beer jug that someone finishes with the other <laughs> and, uh, That's normally how we get some players. So both came in um, through what, yeah, what is becoming usual ways into the club. Uh, both of those are quite working well for us. Now that you've settled a little bit, have you picked up any nicknames while you've been here? Uh, well, mine's sort of come uh, come to prominence in the last well, in the last few months. Uh, I mean, not exactly the most inventive of nicknames, but uh, the crane coupled with the old caw caw throughout the field uh, um, has been love a sound effect. Yeah, uh, everyone seems to love a sound effect on the field. Um, so yeah, that's. That's made its way through the, the group chats in the field, so I'm happy to take that one on. I um, haven't actually ever had the crane before. It's more just other boring variations of Simon, but I'll, uh, I'll take that one. I've seen a few cranes in the field as well, a few fielders. Yeah, we're, we're loving the, the sort like of the... Daniel's son. The stalk yeah. sort of pose. Uh, more of that, please. Um, I'm all for it, so anyone looking to imitate the crane, I can give pointers, tips, you know, for the best form. I'm all about it. <laughs> the more martial arts we can sneak into cricket, the better, I'd say. It, it's very Caribbean Premier League, isn't it? They've all got their own poses. Yeah, maybe I should actually do like. that, you know, the one time I might get someone out when I bowl, I should I should, I should get some sort of imposing sort of like, what is it, like uh, Braithwaite has his, I don't know, his, his marching send-off, maybe I can... Uh, yeah, I can get the crane out. The salute. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> all all quality cricketers have an iconic moment, right? So Braithwaite had his his sign off. Spence has his see you later to square leg flick, um, and maybe you can just force the crane before you're about to bowl in. Um, yeah, just stare right down there. at the, the batsman at the other end, just give him the full on like praying mantis crane pose, and then just steam on him <laughs> and throw one down leg or something like that. It's it's way ahead of Warner's jump celebration. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
this is good. It's a good one to get behind. And and Chris, uh, I've almost gone to say one of your nicknames there, but have you developed a nickname at the club yet? Uh, I got the rat very quickly, which uh, surprised me a little bit because I always got rodent very quickly and other places. So slight variation is always nice, bit of a, a plow twist on it. So and, and for the listeners, that's not a visual effect. That is just based on the middle name <laughs> of Rodent, I assume. Uh, there's not anything else going on there. And, there uh, could, be, you, you... could be some blending. <laughs> lovingly known in match reports as CRS because um, people don't want to type out the full thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so definitely meant with love there. And Chris, have you made any highlights while you've been here or have you see, been a part of any that uh, you want to share with us? Yeah, mate. It's um, not to say it's all been a highlight, but just enjoying my cricket, which had, had been a little while, was um, was really refreshing. And then sort of sneaking my way into the pointy end of the league winning season was... Uh, Felt very, very sneaky, but very rewarding at the same time. So um, that was a real highlight. I did not think my season would end up that way, uh, holding aloft a, a trophy. And <laughs> I mean, when you when you say sneaky, were you like getting on a train with Liam Gray with your whites in a bag kind of sneaky, <laughs> like just to try and get in the end of league photo? Playing in you the team, You mean actually yeah. playing in the team, so less sneaky than some. That's it. I'm definitely not quick enough to bounce people and try and injure them out of the team and take their place, so... Uh, yeah, more more conventional <laughs> methods. Yeah, but to be fair to you, Chris, you are uh, currently sitting with an economy of 2.41. So you may not be able to uh, bounce people out of the league side, but you're certainly squeezing them out. Um, so um, fair dues to you, mate. In the in the 50 overs that you've bowled for the plough, you've, you've bowled brilliantly and it's been a pleasure to watch you at Gully. So fair dues to you. Thank you, mate. I prefer the term squeezing out rather than boring, which is what I usually get. So <laughs> I'm, I'll roll with that from now on. <laughs> the big squeeze and what about yourself Simon? Um, probably not too many personal performance highlights per se. Uh, <laughs> first yeah sort of my well really my first season ever playing adult cricket so it's been a definite big learning curve um, as many of the plough will have experienced but um, definitely I think back to the the um, the plough pirates uh, final day uh i think a couple of guys have mentioned that in the previous podcast but even though it didn't go our way that was a it was a pretty cool day uh, and it, i think it pretty it, it summed up really what the club's about and pr- well what i was hoping for in a cl- cricket club when i joined and, like such a good spirit you know, started off with the breakfast club had a few had a bit of a practice session before the game everyone was down at the dsg even though the result didn't go our way great you know great evening of celebration got the full Simon Carson speech experience <laughs> followed by I think R- Rahul Trey man with the the you know the Jaeger coming out and all that jazz but it was it was a really good time um and uh, yeah just I guess what I was looking for in a club really not that I was I, I was looking for anything uh you know cricket wise but it's just just been a you know a, a super a super good experience this year even though maybe the the performances haven't really haven't really matched it but yeah that's by the by. I mean, that, that does sound like a very well-rounded plowman's day out. I mean, losing, but still having the most fun um, yeah, is think. definitely something we're very, we're very good at, which is weird because we do win quite a lot. And yet we, we know how to celebrate when we lose as well uh, as a club, which is brilliant. Um, and then that brings me on to the, the worst question of the bunch. Um, and, and Simon, I'll come to you first. Who's your favourite plow? Well, I actually got sp- this question sprung on me actually at that that fateful uh, Plough Pirates night by Liam, I think, after probably about 
five beers deep. Um, so I had a bit of time to, to prep since then, but I, uh, I'm going to have to go to the same answer I had that night, which is uh, Surrey. Um, and he, he knows this, and I think he's pretty chuffed as well to have his name at the top of my list. But he's... Uh, He's captain. I've played with him quite a few times now, and also he's been my ca- uh, captain a couple of times. And even when the bowling is definitely not going my way, he's always had faith in me. He's always told me, "No, have another go. This is this is what you're doing. This is how it might you might improve." I think he might. We were one of the only people to have ever put me in the fantasy team as well. So that's showing real faith in someone that doesn't really have that much ability. So shout out to Siri for doing that. I actually did find Dan Rumford did that the other week as well, which was very surprising to me. But um, yeah, shout out to Siri for um, his uh, faith and support throughout the season when it hasn't always been going that great. So definitely Siri. Sorry, Craney, just to confirm something, just to confirm something, if you wouldn't mind, Crane, do you go through every single Plowman's fantasy to see how many times your name is mentioned and like strike them off? Yeah, I've got kind of like a same, same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I kind of scratch everyone off a list and then screw them up on a tight ball of paper and throw it out the window and then sort of yell dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> to Ray sitting in thirty-eight percent of teams, I think I'm sitting in eleven percent at the moment. But you know, who's checking? Who's checking every week? <laughs> Everyone's doing that. Yeah, Surrey, Surrey's an absolute top guy for doing that as well. Um, he's, he's definitely in nets told me how to bowl better, but that's normally after he's smacked me about. And I've got, I think I've, I've got a bet with him to turn up to the Uxbridge nets one time this winter, and I will bowl him out straight through the gate onto uh, off stump. So you watch out, Surrey. I'm coming for you, mate. We love that. We love that. Chris, what about yourself? Um, mate, everyone's been a delight, so it's very hard to choose. Um, I have to give a shout-out to Puff because he really welcomed us into the... Uh, medium pace bowling cartel uh, in the league team and he's he's been a top lad but I'm probably going to have to go with Maxi Gumpet because he's been giving me lifts around London as well so <laughs> but um, also a top lad really knows his cricket and really big clubman isn't he very well rounded cricketer but uh, mate there's so many to choose from it's been very tough there is a man who's angling for a spot in the league team next year he's the uh, batsman with the most runs and one of the most economical bowling bowlers in the league side so that is fantastic and Duray our listeners know you very well but just to give them a little bit more information about you whilst we've been listening to these questions have you been pouring in white rum to your glass and mixing it with what looks like I don't know a rubber or something uh, yes, it's been a bit of Ray nephew, and I'm uh, mixing it in with um, I'll mix it in with some sparkling Ribena, but um, it, it wasn't quite settling very well, so I gave it a bit of a stir with a whiteboard marker. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was nail polish remover for a second, but no, no. Something. I was afraid to ask. So now that we know each other all a little better, and hopefully you at home know us all a little bit better, let's move on to some actual cricket chat, which is what we're here for. On Saturday, uh, the first of our away friendlies this weekend was at Uxbridge, uh, a familiar site for some that had headed up to the Uxbridge blast earlier in the season. Uh, but Simon and DeRay, this was a 40 over game. And uh, who was captaining the side on the day? So uh, Tom Lonnon led us out um, uh, just uh, just around the corner from West London. So obviously got this got this fixture in early doors. He went out to toss, looked at the, looked at the pitch, saw it was an absolute road. So obviously decided to do what plowmans do best and bowl first. <laughs> Cheers, Tom. 
<laughs> and uh, Simon, what did you make of that uh, electing to bowl? How did we go out in the field? Uh, well, Tom uh, rallied the troops with a quite a, a rousing team talk. Last game of the uh, season for a lot of us. Go out there, enjoy yourselves, have fun. Um, it's a it's a friendly fixture, and go out there and uh, get some wickets. Um, so that's what you know everyone planned to do. Um, I think we got off to an o- an okay start, but it definitely was looking like quite a a flat wicket, which with quite a a small boundary as well. So it looked like it was a place that was going to get quite a few runs on the board. Yeah, I, I can see here you got Lewis Wilby and Dan Ramford opening up. So pretty sharp opening attack. Yeah, at at eighty five for one off the first uh, first six overs, we felt pretty strong about our, uh, our start. <laughs> Good toss to win. Um, so they obviously had some settled batsmen then. Um, what, what kind of happened from there? Duray, you, you were in the team as a bowler. What was going on? Yeah, Lana um, uh, asked me if I fancy a, an early bowl. And I was like, of course I do. Give me that red cherry. Um, and it's nothing better than coming on when um, the openers are, are seeing the ball and have seen through the, the, opening, the opening bowlers. Um, but no, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, there was one kid in particular, the the wicketkeeper. I think um, uh, he was he played for Middlesex, um, and upon when I was batting later, figured out that he had scored a th- over a thousand runs for Middlesex that season, and he certainly looked like it. Because if anyone's faced my bowling before, I really do try and mix it up as much as I can, and uh, it's it's fairly challenging to time everything. But this man timed everything out of the middle. He didn't look like he mistimed a single ball. Um, and I was uh, very happy to see the end of him. But um, I came on, um, took out the took out the opening opening batsman who decided it would be a really good idea to face the leg spinner about thirty centimeters outside leg stump. There was a couple of runouts involved, um, but eventually uh, I think we, we 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 the forty overs kind of trickled on by. It was a lovely day and we had a good time, but there were a couple of drop catches. I know myself included, Fred Gumpert and Suri dropping catches, name and shame. Um, Harry Davies managed to grab himself a wicket as well as Tom Lonnon. Um, but all in all, it was a pretty long day of chasing leather around the field. Shout out to uh, Harry for one of the more aggressive appeals to an umpire ever seen to uh, not give out, which I, <laughs> I very much enjoyed. Um, and also shout out to Suri for, I think, almost celebrating before the ball had even got to the gloves and then proceeding to dropping it. So, (laughs) (laughs) I I did quite enjoy that moment as well. Wow. I mean, I have got here that Suri did catch one. Uh, It looks like he was also involved in a run out. And we've got Umar uh, for two catches as Mm. well. But I'm amazed to hear Suri... Fred and DeRay in the drops, um, surely making Iskander's top five fielders on any other day. Um, what was going on? All I can say is I wasn't at Gully. Oh, so it was, was Lonnon's fault again, captain's decision. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lonnon, Lonnon, bad, bad toss, bad toss decision, bad field placing, bit of a tough game. Um, I think they ended up on, what was it, 274, 40 overs. Um, it was certainly a lot, lot more than we hoped. Yeah, they had a couple of guys that got quite set in the in the later overs and they did start to smack it around a bit which which was a bit uh a bit tough to to see to see happen in the field but I think I think we were still probably quietly confident when we saw that you know the boundary wasn't that big um and they were sort of 
seeing it like a baseball or like a beach ball down there and just smacking it. So there was a bit of confidence that the top order could maybe, you know, well, all of us could probably get a few runs out there. It looks like quite a few batsmen got sat, set in their team. They've got a, a 37, 40, 70 and a 56. So they definitely showed you that it was a, a batting deck and you had a pretty good batting lineup. Um, you know, did did Lonnon have any more pearls of wisdom about it being the last game of most of your seasons? Let's go out and bat properly. I think it was, yeah, more just uh, go out and enjoy yourself. Uh, I think definitely Fred coming off last weekend with a, a hundred and God knows how many. Was it 50, 60, 70? A ton of runs on the board. The mouse was looking to score a few more, I think. Um, and I think uh, Cake also was definitely eyeing up a few of those short boundaries to score runs. So... I think the guys really fancied it, that's for sure. And DeRay, um, we all know that you'd stamped yourself in as a number 11 batsman uh, for these games in a, in a way to burgle it, but it, it looks like you um, definitely got a, a slice of the batting and, and took the innings on. Yeah, um, uh, London offered me five or six, so I thought, you know what, I have to do the alpha thing and take five. Um, but um, we, we did okay. I mean, uh, Fred and Umar came out and their bowlers were, were, were pretty good. They were young, but they were good. Um, they knew what they were doing. They had obviously been trained pretty well. Um, we got off to a bit of a, a sticky start with a great catch off Gully, uh, off Umar, um, someone after my own heart, um, uh, which brought uh, Alex Julian to the crease. Um, now, not to say Alex had a had a real thanks for coming, but he ran himself out uh, in the first ball by chipping it to mid-off, calling yes, and uh, the fielder just picked it up with one arm, clean swoop of the stumps, direct hit. Um, and Alex Julian proceeded to smash himself on the ankle on the way out, limped off the field, approached us all and said, apologies about that, gentlemen. I'm going to go and throw a, tar- uh, um, uh, a tantrum just around the corner. Um, upon getting to the around the corner, about uh, 50 metres down the line, realised he was actually calm <laughs> by this point and his foot was really, really sore. So just limped on back. But, um, yeah, I think... I think we did okay. I think it was a bit of a tough start. Suri came out um, and played the most Suri performance I've ever seen, scoring 22 or 15. Um, if anyone doesn't know, Suri also plays for um, Uxbridge CC um, as a, a kind of a ringer every now and then. They were desperate to recruit him, and he decided, absolutely not. I'll play for Plowman's. Thanks. Good, good. Um, which I think was, was absolutely brilliant. What's amazing about Surrey is that he's actually played the second most games out of any ploughman for this season. Uh, I think he's played 20 and he still has a second team that he goes and plays for. <laughs> <laughs> the man loves cricket. He did get quite the send-off when he uh, kept probably trying to pump one too many over the boundary. Um, so there was quite, quite a bit of chirp in the field when Surrey went off. But... Uh, uh, he, um, he definitely sm- he smacked it round while he was out there, that's for sure. So you were coming in further down uh, the order, Simon. Having seen Surrey doing it, what was in your head? Uh, well, uh, I was sitting on the boundary, you know, seeing the wickets fall. And I sort of had to make the call to the team. Someone's got to go out and get some runs, guys. Dan was like, yeah, I'll go do it. Wasn't able to do it. Lewis was like, oh, don't worry, guys, I'll go out and get the runs. Wasn't able to do it, so I had to step up to the plate. Um, and really just roll the eyes to the back of the head um, and just swing at, you know, 16-year-olds. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I've probably cemented my place as a, you know, top 10 or 11 
or a, a, a tenth or eleventh order a batsman in the club. I feel. Well, let, um, don't do yourself yeah, a disservice. Man, I'm looking at it now. You went in and it looks like that you were ninety seven for eight or or hundred and one for nine when you're going in chasing two hundred and seventy four. Um, so you've got a big total, and you've gone out. <laughs> yeah, you've gone out and hit twenty-eight, not out of twenty-seven balls. So you've not gone like down easy here. You've uh, you've smashed six fours. <laughs> yeah, de- smashed my first the, the first boundaries I've ever hit in my entire life. So you know I'll take that. Um, and was happy to be joined by uh, Harry Davies at the crease, which also he also smashed a few boundaries at the end, um, and was also quite filthy at himself when he managed to chop on uh, a, a spinning ball into his off stump. But um, we were out there really just to smack it round and see how long we could keep the fielders out there. Um, but now we had a bit of a good time when um, at, at the end of the inning. So, yeah, that was that was yeah, a, a good, probably a, a good way to end, which uh, a game that didn't necessarily go our way, unfortunately. Definitely sounds it. You, you second top scored with 28 not out, as I said. DeRay top scored with 34. Um, so while on your way uh, to a batting trophy that weekend, which we knew all knew you were going out for, um, shout out to the Oppo as well. Good bowlers, uh, three for in there, a couple of wickets for another guy. Um, so it just sounded like on the day they, you know, lost the toss and got put into bat on a batting pitch and um, really put you guys under the cosh. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think they had a, a really top, a really nice balance, right, of like experienced batsmen. Um, with with receding hairlines and uh, really young, um, really young uh, bowlers, um, quite young in fact. I think uh, Lewis Wilby and Daniel Rumford can attest to the nine year old that got them both out for a duck. Why do they go to the same school? Uh, no, but shout out to Uxbridge. They really they really played well. They they were the better team on the day and. Um, yeah, next year we'll just have to gun up and uh, make sure Max is, is available so that he can hit another 150 against them. <laughs> In Gumpets we trust. And so that was our Saturday. Enjoyable day? Yeah, great, great day out. And also uh, just want to mention the what must have been a stalwart of uh, Uxbridge Cricket Club, the guy who must have been a man after Tizza's own heart who scored uh, on some very detailed scoring app uh on his laptop for the whole day um, and then proceeded to present one of the most beautiful looking detailed scorecards probably the plough's ever seen. Um, so we love that from Uxbridge um, as I'm scrolling through it right now. Um, yeah, lots of stats for all those stats gurus out there to get into, um, especially my 28 not out if you didn't get that before. <laughs> Brilliant point to end on, I believe, unless there's anything else to cover we will end there. So uh, the boys went away to Uxbridge and unfortunately we'll wait till next season uh, till we can have their pants down again, which leads us on to Sunday. Addington 1743cc was hosting Plowmans um, at their ground, I believe. Um, so tell me, Chris, who was captain on the day? Uh, so we were led by Paul Hines, who won the toss and elected to bat at a charming little ground down in Addington with a lot of grey in the air. Yeah, so uh, a bit of a, um, a musky musky afternoon to start. I think it was a bit of an early start as well, before the sun had really started baking down on that pitch. Sounds like a really good toss to win. Um, did we win the toss? We did. 
And did we do what plowmans do best and bowl first? We did not. We uh, we went the very old school approach of uh, nine out of ten times bat first. Okay, so um, I understand that uh, Tom Lane and Adil Ree has opened up the, the batting for you. It's a pretty good side, it looks like. Uh, tell me, how did we get on? Yeah, it was a good side. Um, it was a good opposition, too. They had sort of very good nagging bowlers who who really played the conditions they really hit their lengths and they they moved it about on a pitch that had a noticeable sort of left to right slope so they really uh bowled the bowled the right guys from the right ends as well i think noticeable's putting it uh, quite lightly i think that's a, a slope that put the uh, lord slope to shame i think you're probably about eight foot up on the other one end of the pitch to the compared to the other it was a significant hill yes there's something very weird about umpiring at square leg and seeing the ground behind the batsman's head (laughs) it's it's not a usual thing until you experience it yeah fair enough i mean we've all got to deal with what we've uh, what we've been given addington um uh, surprising us there not like we've ever done that before to any other side on hollies ever in our (laughs) lives um so hold on a second let me just clarify steve brito was playing in a game and he decided and he wasn't opening the batting any insights into how that came about? I'm not not sure it was quite optional. There was uh, he was required to do a bit of child Ubering around town, I believe, and so it was a little bit missed his chance. So he got got to the game a little late and struck them on and we made room to sneak him down the order to have a little blast at the end. Also, it's got nothing to do with the fact that both DeRay and Nigel are catching him up in wickets that he didn't want to play as a bowler that day. Um, he, he just couldn't bat, get there in time to bat at the start. Mate, I have plausible deniability on that one. I, I know nothing. <laughs> here's, here's me and Trent putting him in our fantasy sides to get him 10 overs if we can. But, uh, good. I like, like, like you putting some conspiracy theories on the air. We don't, don't get much of them these days. So. Misinformation's everywhere. Yeah, I think, uh, Spence, you, you certainly can agree with me on here. Looking at the, the batting lineup, I mean, no one was able to score above uh, 100% strike rate. Uh, throughout the throughout the entire innings but it looked like um, CRS tell me more like someone a lot of us got started there's a couple of 32s 26 16 44 people got going but just didn't quite didn't quite get uh, get to anything really super substantial besides potentially Brito yeah it was we um we lost the wicket early when um Tom Lane upon Thames um, no doubt still having some balance issues or feeling a bit unwell after a, a bit of a dip last week um <laughs> Maybe depressed after some bad reviews on Google. Yeah, I think he really wanted to get up to four stars, but he's lagging at three. So, yeah, I, all of that must have been playing on his head because he he left a ball um, that was a very brave leave with the heel angling back into the stumps. And it, there are two types, and you can you can guess which one. <laughs> um, so after the, after that, we had a deal in our Paul Hines put together a really good partnership it it wasn't quick but they really had to grind there was the new ball was doing a bit and they were bowling really good areas and they they fought really well to sort of get us a good platform um unfortunately there was flashes from leon but other than brito we weren't really able to kick on the same we we sort of had a period where we played through quite heavy rain as well we were really keen to get the game in and there was probably five or six overs where it looked really hard to hit the ball off the square. <laughs> the ground and the ball looked very heavy. Um, and we actually came off at about the 33rd over and had a little break. 
And then um, Brito came out and really put the foot down after that and got us to like a pretty decent total, but we probably would have liked maybe 20, 30 more with that short boundary. Okay, so you halfway down, uh, what were the tees like sitting on 155 all out after 40 overs? Uh, what were the tees like? Did they, uh, did they help at all? It was uh, BYO. We Most of us had had it in the break. We had a very quick turnaround because we had about a 40-minute rain break where we took tea. And that was spent with 11 of us huddled up under a very small shade awning, um, trying to stay dry for our lives. So a very, very cosy little tea for us. We had uh, the tea man, Leon Parks, bring in a few... Uh few leftover semis from a birthday celebration the day before so mm. that was very much appreciated and i think uh brito even eyed yeah they uh, they disappeared <laughs> quite quickly um very good effort i think brito eyed that uh the man himself ravi cashwin a i.e uh justin cash had a salt beef bagel for tea so that feel, felt a, a little bit extra special for the trip down to addington potentially we do love that. We love hearing about exuberant teas. So uh, good work on that cash. So 155 all out. Plowman's thinking probably a few runs short. But looking at the team, you probably had the, the bowlers to do it. Um, you had a, had a pretty decent lineup in yourself there, Chris, uh, and a couple of others um, making up a, a pretty strong bowling lineup. Um, I see that you opened the, the bowling with none other than the angry Australian Matt Hopper. How did you get on? Yeah, the uh, all Aussie combination opening up. It was, yeah, it was a good combo. They uh, they came at us quite hard with the new ball, um, and Hopper Hopper went for a couple in the first couple overs where the guy was just swinging, but he had a dropped catch off him and then got his man in the end. And from then on, it really sort of looked like the other team settled in for a bit. It was not quick scoring, but they were very good at putting away the bad ball. Um, their opener who carried their bat was a, a funny looking batsman too. He sort of really grounded out and really punished the loose balls, but there are a lot of playing misses out there and I think our bowlers always sort of felt like we were in the game if we could just get the wickets at the right time. Um, unfortunately we just couldn't get the main man there, so one of the one of those days a bit. Yeah, it does happen every now and then, right? You, it's Sunday cricket drop catches is uh, is pretty much part and parcel of it. Um, and uh, fair enough to Rahil Shafi, who hit 85 runs and held his bat throughout. That sounds like a classy innings. Um, any other noticeable mentions? I can see that um, Justin Cash got two wickets with one caught and bowled. Um, the guy just can't stay out of the action. Mate, he, uh, he took a very good caught and bowled. Um, it was probably only shown up, to be honest, by a size. Uh, the crane catching a ball in the dark with almost crane stance. <laughs> that over earlier, I had been commenting to Hopper about how bright the porch light on the house across the road was shining. <laughs> and then they flattened one straight to him at long on. And I don't think he moved until it was about five metres in front of his nose. <laughs> and then plucked out a very good, good cling. Yeah, I thought I definitely misjudged that as it was about to soar over my head but you know as cranes do managed to perch up on one leg extend the arms into the uh, classic uh, crane pose and nab that one before it went over the boundary so um, I was uh, also slightly disappointed that uh, Tom Lane was also able to hold on to one because he is one ahead of me in the uh, fielding stats so there was no movement there for me so um, 
unfortunately that Tom was able actually to take a catch. Yeah, this we're time. probably all surprised by seeing Tom Lane's name in the book for a catch. Um, one stat that I have <laughs> noticed in this game, uh, three no balls for Matt Hopper. Were they full tosses or front foot? Funny on you to ask that question, Spence. There, there were a few full tosses in there from memory. Um, I felt felt bad for Hopper because he, he did have a little slide early on in his spell and... I think he had the worst end to bowl from, but also as someone who's not got a really big run-up, like I can appreciate that if I was struggling, someone who, who really puts his all in and really charges in, it's it's very disconcerting to be bowling when you're not sure of your front foot. And I think that got him with a... He did actually slip over once, but he got the sawdust and powered through. So it was sort of really symbolised the way everyone really just wanted to make a game of it in conditions that weren't ideal, but... We were all there to play cricket. It's really nice to actually hear some um, empathy there from a, a fellow ploughman about a no ball being bowled. Um, having been in those dark places uh, I, and and not got any support um, from my team at the time, just getting dropped uh, week in, week out um, in the field and from the teams. Um, so I can see where Hopper goes. He does move to the top of the no balls for the season, though, which isn't me. So uh, just noticed that there were three there and he wasn't pulled off from the bowling. But um, do carry on with the rest of the game. No, I, I, just before we do that, I just want to revert back to Simon Crane's stats about the, the fact that he's keeping eyes on, on the fielding stats. Uh, nothing more than we love in this club than an egotistical stats-driven cricketer. Um, on that note, I'm, I'm particularly interested to know why Adil Rehaz stopped bowling after five overs. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that he was under 0. 0.4 uh, from an average perspective anyway, away from Matt Bolshaw? Um, Adil Riaz now um, leading the bowling uh, trophy. Any reason why he was uh, chopped off after five overs? Did he pull a, a really suspect groin injury or anything come to mind, Chris? I believe it was Skipper's choice. I, I wasn't privy to the inside conversations, but I think, yeah, he always looks dangerous, the dealer. So it was he, one of those spells, again, can sort of, they went after him a bit and could have gone either way, but... I think it was sort of coming down to that stage of let's get some other people a bit involved or or try a different tack. It's funny that his nickname's the Dealer. But you're you're welcome and, to draw uh, your own conclusions. And there seems to have been some kind of deal made there. Um, but you know this is a, a a bowlers union podcast, and neither Bush nor Grazer are here to speak <laughs> up for themselves. So well bowled a deal. Um, a, a good economy on the day by the looks of it as well. And a quality and a quality uh, a quality player and uh, what a great what a great recruit this season. I think uh, I think he's been absolutely amazing. Um, it's good to see spinners just coming in and, and actually turning the ball for a change. So um, yeah, really really top quality uh, from a deal and uh, fair enough to him. Um, so uh, what happened in the end there, Chris? We uh, we were they chased it down in in about twenty nine overs, was it? Yeah, they sort of cantered over the line. Um, the guy who carried his bat was still living a bit dangerously. Little little shout out to Rahul bowling at the end as well, who didn't get the best of the conditions, but probably looked like taking a wicket every second or third ball. I think his, his second over, there was a catch that probably should have been caught and two that fell just short. Um, so while his figures might not really do him justice, he, he really looked to cause some trouble there late in the end. And savage a bit of pride if nothing else for us but probably one of those games where the opposition were just about 20 percent better in all departments so yeah and i think they uh they definitely knew their track as well i mean it's yes. quite a uh quite a unique ground with 
some, as we said, unique slope and, uh, and boundaries. And so they knew, their bowlers definitely knew what end they were coming in from, where to hit it. And I don't think, you, de- you didn't really see any balls short of length from any of their bowlers all day. It was all full, full, full at the stumps, Yorker material. Um, and I think a stat we got from from their uh, team is that they had, had bowled out every opposition in the last three months for uh, under 100 runs. So, I mean, at least we got over that. We got past 100 for the first time in three months by anyone else uh, compared to anyone else. So I guess that's a little, wow. a little, a little did, win to did take away. Did they tell away. you that before the game, during or after? <laughs> I think that was a, a during our batting just to give us the yips. But uh, yeah. it didn't phase us. 100 up, boys. Oh, by the way, you're yeah. the only team to have done that in three months. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cheers, lads. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, thanks. Jog on. How, how big is it, Addington? How big is it? <laughs> And that, uh, that about sums up uh, the first Sunday game. Addington, 1743cc. Congratulations on your five-wicket victory. We'll see you next year. So the next game, uh, the plough went down to Verdane Green at their charming little ground full of features. I believe Spence and DeRay, you were both there. Um, would you like to talk us through the start of the game I believe you guys won the toss and you did what? Yeah, so uh, we, we actually followed you guys, won the toss and batted. Um, I think that was... Two player teams batting on the same day by yeah, choice. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Mate. I think it was always in Captain Sykarsen's head that we were going to bat on the day, um, but it was confirmed once we got to the ground and saw it. So this wasn't Verdane's usual home ground. Um, the night before or the, on the Friday night, They'd been told that there was like it was being dug up for the end of the season, despite them sending two weeks worth of emails daily to be like, we have a game on this Sunday. Um, So fair play to them. I think Leon sent them quite a stern email of just make it happen. And um, they did make it happen. They found this just down the road, which wasn't too far away from you guys were playing, actually. So nice part of the world, similar to you. Lots of bumps, bit of a slope um, and lots of local rules, weren't there, Deray? Yeah, I think it was it was really interesting where um, uh, the bowlers seemed to be able to negotiate if it was a four or a six. Uh, but when they were batting, they were pretty sure those same boundaries went for six. Uh, but nevertheless, to Verdane, it was a it was a lovely village uh, game of cricket. Um, we, we we started pretty well, um, and it was a really lovely lovely ground. Um, there were some sheep in the background. It was probably as village as I as I would ever want to play. Yeah, and uh, I mean, our opening batsmen seem to make the most of it to begin with. Um, you're sending out Fred, as you guys said uh, earlier on in the episode. He had a great week uh, the week before, um, looked in form, but uh, got out poorly uh, on the Saturday and looked to make amends with that. And then opposite him is Logan, um, whose name should now forever be spelled G-U-N, Logan, uh, as we know. So we had a pretty, pretty good batting lineup. Fred, Logan, Iskander. Chris Butlin, Hector, DeRay, Leo, Busy, Harry Davis, myself, Cy Carson. Um, so we were pretty confident uh, of batting on the day. Um, went out, started strong. Um, but we kind of neared, uh, well, I say we started strong. The seventh over, uh, we lost three wickets, a uh, bowler that came on. He was the opener, um, but three wickets went down. Um, I'm trying to work out who went first to him, but they were all bowled. Uh, it, and it, it wasn't a hat-trick ball, it was a dot ball in the middle. Um, so I think Chris Butlin was probably the face, the dot ball, bowled next ball, 
Then Hector came in. Um, he still looked like he was kind of waking up. Uh, I think he's been working, uh, burning the candle at both ends, working hard at the moment. And Hector was just castled, first ball. Um, nowhere really near it. Middle stump just went flying. Mate, three very big wickets to take in and over. Yeah, I, I particularly enjoyed Hector's warm-up uh, after seeing, uh, uh, I think it was Logan uh, go out and Fred and Iskander uh, were working. Chris Butlin waiting to go in. Uh, Hector uh, asked if he could get some throwdowns uh, by the then departed Logan. Logan's first uh, throwdown was an absolute peach of a Yorker that uh, Hector got absolutely nowhere near. Um, by this time, upon Hector going to go get the ball, uh, Chris Butlin had been bowled. Um, Hector was uh, announced, hey, mate, you're in. Uh, Logan called him back, or sorry, let me correct myself. Logan called him back and said, hey, mate, no, get one off the middle, like, have a, have a go. And he's like, nah, I'll be all right. Um, and then proceeded to get a, an absolute golden. Um, so... Yeah, word of warning to you, uh, Plowmans, uh, that go out and get some throwdowns. Make sure you get one off the middle before you go out. <laughs> oh, I love that confidence from Hector. Yeah, or you could just middle it into the bushes like oh, Nazir did the other alpha. week. So. Go alpha There's from some the strong warm-ups happening in the plow. I love this. <laughs> That's it. Good introduction. Um, so it looks like you guys had struck a bit of trouble early on in the innings and we needed a hero or two for the plow. Um, did anyone put up their hand? Yeah, I think um, Izzy, Izzy did really well. Um, uh, talking about heroes, he came home at 6am uh, that, that morning um, and was ready to play cricket. Um, to say he looked uh, worse for wear would probably be fairly fairly kind, um, but still managed to knock up 30 or 32 runs, scoring six boundaries, um, almost obviously exclusively behind square on the offside, as he does so, so well. Uh, by the end of... Uh, yeah, by the end of uh, his innings, I think they had um, about two people at cover, two people at point, and two people at gully. Um, and uh, me and him managed to put on a, a pretty decent partnership. I think of fifty-six runs, um, uh, which was which was quite fun. Um, other than that, um, I managed to get myself out for 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 fifty, uh, just about there or thereabouts. Um, Sorry, um, can I just? Cut in on that bit. Sorry, Deray. Um, we n- we never clapped you for fifty during the game. Did I miss that moment? Yeah, I think it is a bit rude to be honest. Um, but who knows? Like uh, that that doesn't seem like us though. Why would that have oh, happened? Do you I just think? don't know. I think everyone was probably a bit nervous and like uh, it's a bit of a tough tough opportunity. Like uh, Harry Davies was scoring, so yeah, uh, credit Harry did a great him. job because when you were on forty six, he actually shushed us all and said he's on forty six at the moment. Um, and we all kind of watched, and I think you, um, well, you smacked one that looked like it was going for, well, it was carrying, wasn't it, through the air, and um, and then you got caught out. Is this one of those 46? groundhouse rules where you can't clap people that get 50 or something like that? <laughs> local rules. Yeah, lo- yeah, exactly. It's one yeah. of the local rules yeah, that we had there. It was, uh, there was multiple local rules on the day. If, if it went for a buy, it was two buys. If it went for a six and it hit the fence, it wasn't a six, it was a four. And uh, if there's four runs to go to a ploughman on uh, uh, on four runs short of a 50, it goes to him. Um, those are just the, the local rules on the day. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, it's, it's just just how, uh, you know, when in Rome. So you were caught, you were caught out on 46 and uh, about three hours later in the cock-in, we clapped you for 50 up because, I don't know what, you'd given Harry a pint and he'd just uh, shoved that four into your, your score. 
Yeah, it seems Harry had made a miscalculation earlier on in the day, but you know what? He's the young player. We shouldn't we shouldn't get on his back. He 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 deserves all our support, and I honestly feel like he should be commended for scoring all that time. And honestly, to make one small mistake like that and miss out on one of my fours, it's totally okay. Especially during especially during your tenth game of the season, when you're going for a batting trophy as well, is an important game for you to make sure all the runs. Counted. I just want to uh, just want to distance myself from any potential corruption betting trophy chat that might be happening on this podcast um i wasn't there had nothing to do with it no no lawsuits um, and uh, welcome yeah. to the interrogation deray <laughs> well mate i just think it's a sign i think we we deserve to give a shout out to deray because the man has been in sublime form this season and you must be in unspeakable form when you are scoring runs long after the match is scored are finished so Fair play to you. So you, you did you did get your clap moment as well. Um, I think you knew in your head you needed to get thirty five, and then you could get out, and your average would be where you wanted it to be for the season. And um, on thirty, you you hit a six, which was actually a six. It hit like three quarters of the way up the tree, and we all negotiated it was a six. So we uh, we <laughs> clapped you over the mark. Yeah, it was a it was a nice feeling. But you weren't the only person to get to fifty. No, I wasn't. Um, absolutely not. Um, I think uh, the, the absolute star of the show um, uh, was Leo Connolly, um, scoring 57 of his 42 balls. Uh, he absolutely nailed it. He came out left-handed and just annoyed everyone. He didn't really look like getting out. I certainly did. Uh, but Leo was absolutely brilliant. I think it's his first 50 for the club and his highest ever score. So big kudos to uh, Leo Connolly, who I thought batted absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he did. And um, I just want to put a, a, an apology on record to Leo. I said it on the day, um, but at 30 overs, we want, I think we wanted 40 more runs that we said in the last five overs. We really wanted to push. Uh, and I shouted after seeing Leo hitting the ball all around the park, all game, I shouted, come on, Leo, it's about time you started playing some shots and went a bit big here. Um, and he uh, next ball, he ran down, uh, tried to hoik one and missed the ball and got stumped out uh, right after the sledge, after he acknowledged the sledge from the boundary as well. Um, Beautiful But fortunately, we still had Busy in that was also... Uh, Busy was also hitting the ball around um, towards the end. One of his best knocks for the club as well. Uh, 25 off 29. Uh, he got a six in there. Uh, a couple of uh, threes, fours or so. Um, and they both pushed us up to a total that we kind of seemed happy with. Um, I think we said 220. And uh, yeah, the, the batting was quite good. Uh, one last shout out to Simon Carson for carrying his bat. Um he was batting at number 11. Uh, I was at 10 at the other end. Um, having seen uh, the, the bowler that we spoke about earlier, who took the three big wickets in one over, um, then cleaned up Harry as well, the exact same ball. I just said to Simon, do not play a shot to it. Just put your bat, get a high elbow, stand in that position with your bat ready in a forward defensive and don't move. And the ball just cannoned into the middle of his bat. Um, and we managed to get a, a one off it uh, and Carson did much better than everyone else and uh, I, sh I shouted out to Hector at that point who was having a little sit on a bench on the other side of the pitch um, take note and Carson was very proud to uh, lead from the front of the bat there so we got to 214 and I f we thought that was probably competitive but we were a bit worried because Vidane are a good side yeah, on a quirky little track. Um, I imagine there was a bit of a fight over the new ball on a good pitch. Uh, Logan, 
stepped up. Yeah, funny, funny you should say that, actually. Um, yeah, interesting one. So Simon had all day uh, told me and uh, Leo, I believe, that we'd get the new ball um, and we'd picked ends. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then as we went out, Logan and Hector were warming up, uh, having also been told that they were getting the ball into pick ends. Um, but it was definitely the right decision from Simon. Well, that's good. If you want to surprise the opposition, leave no one in the loop. True surprise. (laughs) I mean, Logan came out and took two wickets in the first over. Uh, So I kind of of sat back in my box. (laughs) It started off really strong, um, as uh, as Spence alluded to there. Um, After Logan opening the batting, he decided to have a chat to Simon and said, hey, mate, I haven't really had a chance uh, to really prove myself. Can I open the bowling as well? Simon said, yeah, absolutely fine. Uh, here's the new cherry got no one really else in 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 mind for it so have a go um but um he seemed to really uh to to make uh, the best of the job the opportunity um he bowled the, the openers out uh both of them uh he he bowled them both out um absolutely carting one of the off stumps back um and uh hector at the other end also getting uh, their number four out um who who stuck uh, he didn't stick around very long um, but uh, in the first two overs, we had them uh, we had them three for three at one stage. So uh, Plowman's hot on their heels. Uh, we were we were certainly uh, pretty pumped up to to begin with. Mate, a good carryover of momentum from the first innings with the runs at the back end. Then came a good little partnership for them. Who broke that partnership? Um, I think it was the the man himself, Matt Spencer, um, if I if I recall correctly. Um, it was um, their number three. Um, I think he's done it before to us. Uh, D, he is D Patel. Um, very good player, um, and um, he seemed very confident. Didn't really seem to give much away throughout the um, throughout the innings. Um, and uh, I, I truly, truly enjoyed uh, uh, catching him out uh, eventually. Um, it was him that we got out uh, in in uh, four forty four, wasn't it, Spence? You bowled a, a, a lovely. Uh, uh, offside half volley, uh, which he managed to to completely miss, and I managed to grab it at gully. Same old, same old, no? No, uh, uh, batsman number three, um, as I believe was their keeper, who got to 44. Again, another, another really good batsman from them. Um, and uh, uh, I think I bounced him out, but he is only about five foot, bless him. So uh, it wasn't really a bounce. It kind of, and he, he gloved it straight, and Fred took a brilliant catch down the leg side. Um, as he tried to like uh, push it to down square leg, gloved uh, to Fred, and he walked um, before we could get the appeal. So he went, and then Duray, you are right. The um, the number five was D, who uh, did last a little bit longer, twenty one, and he's the one that we were particularly uh, concerned about on the day. Um, but he got to twenty one, and it was just a slower ball, as you say, um, down to him, which he he teed right up to you, which having just known us and played us both before he wasn't too delighted about to be getting out uh from us as a partnership but how good was it to uh bowl a ball that went through to you at gully um lots of bowlers dream about it and i still am oh mate honestly i was saying to fred on the way down we we had had a long drive all the way from uxbridge uh uh, a couple of us uh, spent some time on the on the houseboat, uh, including Fred. Um, so we had a long old drive uh, to Verdane, um, and throughout the entire thing, we were going through all of the Plowman stats throughout history. I can tell you, 
who has more ducks per innings than anyone else. I can tell you who has more, um, uh, who's got the highest partnerships. We we had a we had a real quiz off, um, and it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. But um, I do I do miss many uh, many years playing alongside you, Spence, and I was uh, grateful to to field a gully to you, and uh, what a pleasure to to take a catch. But um, it's not all about us. Um, I came on to bowl as well, didn't I? So. Um, Oh, no, no, no. Please just stop before that. I just want to say one more thing about you at Gully Deray. So you took, it was the sixth ball of my over, this guy got out. And then the first ball of Busy's over, again, nicked off to Gully. So you were on a hat trick of Gully catches. And you, and you choked. Mate, there's nothing more than ploughmen's bowlers love than uh, than bottling, uh, bottling hat tricks, uh, as uh, Grazer and a few others can attest to. Um, there's a there's few players that can sit in that calibre. Shout out Mark Wildig for 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 being the latest one. Uh, what a player! I remember being in that moment. I've I've never quite experienced anything like that on a cricket field. So I uh, will um, long await my opportunity to do that um, again, and I will try my best not to bottle the opportunity. But you did come on to bowl. You bowled very well. Um, yeah, and and the rest of the innings from there. They didn't really get going. They had one batsman who um, took a bit of a liking to me at one point. Uh, I think I even said he was the bowler, actually, from the, the first innings, um, who I'd hit for six. And then next ball, he bounced one at me. Um, so he then slapped me for six. And uh, I didn't quite have a bouncer left in me at that point because it had started raining. It was very slippy and soft. Um, but it was Harry that actually got him out in the end uh, from a very persistent bowling from Harry, um, not really finding his form early on, but still managing to get a wicket in that over of about 11 balls, maybe, that happened in that over. Love it. Um, but he did well to get through it and picked up a wicket. <laughs> uh, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, I think um... Before before we wrap this uh, this uh, game up, I think uh, one moment stood out for for anyone who was there. Um, and well, uh, yes, this yeah, this is all I heard yeah. about on the group chat. Imagine taking two wickets in your first over, and it doesn't rate. Yeah, give the people what they want. We want to hear it. So, um, Spence, would you like to talk him through the drop catch then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it does it does build the momentum. Um, so yeah, Logan did drop a catch off my bowling. Uh, not something that I normally mention on this podcast at all. It's not like me to uh, bring that up. Um, but So I'm glad that you brought it up, actually, DeRay. Um, but so the ball was uh, something that you... It went towards Logan, um, out on the offside, and everyone had left him alone. No one was near him. There was a bit of a slope that he was up, and it was falling to him, and he had to come down the hill slightly. And Simon Carson just went, ah, oh, don't worry, that bloke's out. <laughs> <laughs> before it actually landed in Logan's hands. Uh, so it was quite a loud sledge. Everyone definitely heard it. And uh, Logan then proceeded to drop it um, and felt quite embarrassed by that. And I think the next over from that same end, um, it was hit out his way. And they we'd said from the whole game, we'd said, we're not going to let ones on our arm on this pitch because it was small enough. Um, and Logan had come close to run-outs before, but this was sublime. He was up on a level, picked it up and threw within the same fluid movement, steamed in. Uh, it was He was at point, so he had one stump to aim at, and he pretty much took out every single stump um, out of the ground. It was carnage on the pitch. 
Um, the 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 spot batsman that actually hit the ball um, hadn't got to the bowler's end yet, and he just heard the noise and it's all erupt. And he hadn't even ground his bat before he looked and just saw the other batsman still halfway down the crease. Like, where was the run there? Because this had just it would launched out of Logan's hands, um, and we went mad for it. And their their skipper instantly was like, "Who threw that? Where's the man that threw that?" And like tried to give him a pint on the pitch. Um, the game had, at that point we were just like the game's not even being played. Uh, there was there was no attempt to try and restart the game because this was the greatest bit of fielding um, that has ever been seen on a field. Definitely the best run out. We've seen lots of catches and obviously um, Mark's hat trick and, and Deray your amazing batting at Twicking on this season. But this was in one piece of cricket the best I've ever seen at Plumlands. Yeah, I have to attest to that. I think um, from everything was going against him. He was running down the hill. He had just dropped a catch. It was absolutely, it was soaking wet. He picked it up on the bounce, one hand, swiveled and hit one stump from about 40 meters away, knocked him down, and he just carried on running as if there was a massive crowd at Old Trafford and he was Eric Cantona. He was about to jump into the stands uh, but unfortunately, um, there, there weren't too many people there. But we all we all surrounded him and, and congratulated him on on from from my perspective the the best bit of fielding I've ever seen at Plowman's. Very much enjoyed the uh, the pictogram and uh, following comments that came through on the the chat throughout the afternoon. Very uh, very illustrative descriptions of exactly what went down, so we could all relive it uh, at uh, at Eddington as well. It was. Uh, absolute scenes i'm surprised you didn't hear it we uh we went <laughs> yeah. mad for it <laughs> it was it was sensational and then from then on they um their, their batsmen did you know did bat out some balls and stuff like that but they they just had too much to chase and and not enough overs left um deray you and Sai uh got 10 and 11 in the end with some just uh straight bowling um simon got an lbw and uh you you bowled straight through didn't you so um fantastic 129 all out for Vidane um who are a fantastic opposition um they're they're a good side they're a solid side with some good players obviously we played better than them on the day but I think they do come very close to us as a bunch of blokes um we obviously rate ourselves quite highly as a cricket club and a really great bunch of blokes, and uh, they do compare on that. So I'm pretty glad that they don't also play at DSG, as they'd be my hangovers would be a lot worse if these <laughs> boys were down there as well. So, mate, sounds like a good day out for the club. Lots to take away, um, especially that we probably need a dedicated camera on Logan at all times in the field from now on. Um, if someone throwing a cricket bat at someone's head can get that many views, I can't imagine from what I've heard of this run out what that could do, so... That's uh, something for the plough to work on for next year. And before we move on to the other sections of the podcast, me and DeRay did have a little chat with two of the guys at Vidane Green that made the game what it was. And you can hear that now. Yeah, so I'm here outside the Cock Inn in Eid Village. I believe we've played against Vidane Green. I'm here with the vice-captain, Rob, who sorted the ground for us today. And I'm here with Jazz as well, who plowmans that have played Vidane will know Jazz very well as a, as a very chatty, nice guy that we like to think. Shout out to Yanni, who sent his love to you today. Um, so, guys, thank you for sorting the game. We love playing against you. Even guys that have played against you the first time today said they really enjoyed it. How did you find it today? 
It's a good, good, good game, good game. You know, um, obviously we got a bit of a whooping, but it's um, still nice to be able to get out there, play games back into the season. And, you know, same with us lot when we play against you guys. It's always good crack. You know, there's always good banter. There's good laugh between the two sides. And uh, at the end of the day, we'll go down the pub and we have a drink. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? What were your thoughts after the seventh over when one of your guys was ripping through our batting order? I think it was three wickets he took in that over. Not, not going to lie to you. I pretty much expected you to get to 200. Verdane is Verdane. We can have a team down 100 for seven. They'll make 200. We, we may chase it down, we may not. It's all about vibes at the end of the day, right? <laughs> what about the banter? What are we here for? It is. It, it, good vibes. I mean, there are a lot of good sledges out on the pitch today uh, from you guys and from ours. I mean, we, we had our golden duck guy, obviously. Um, what were your thoughts when we had a guy who hid his arm the entire time and took out one stump from the boundary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great freaking throw. I was mad. Our, our batsman should have run better there. For sure. I, I was batting at the other end. He called it. I, all I heard was a big old noise when I got to the other end. I was like, what's happened? And there he was, Wait, just gone. If you've ever seen Village running with elite fielding, that's like the perfect <laughs> mixture of like, oh, I've hit it to deep square. Let me just walk. <laughs> oh, shit. It's a direct hit. I'm out. Okay, let's go home. Uh, it was absolutely cars. Uh, one of your guys, I think your, your skipper perhaps, got him a, got him a beer from it. And um, t- use this as a chance to tell us about your club. How did you set up? How come you were playing in I today? Um, so we kind of our setup is with a club which is about 40 years old based in Warningham uh, I play for ITIL on a Saturday and what happened was was our original ground plans had changed uh, they decided that they were going to do pitch maintenance even though they had been reminded that we were supposed to be playing at uh, Warlingham um, on Sunday uh, changed last minute and then I asked around saying look can we have ITIL? Um, and I said, yeah, we're more than happy for you to have it. Uh, so it's nice to get a nice little, you know, it's a nice little ground uh, in the heart of Kent. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed coming out to the sticks and uh, turned out to be a good evening. <laughs> yeah, we, we absolutely loved it. I spotted on the sign 125 years of village cricket and we definitely put on some village cricket today, <laughs> yeah, didn't we? Some village cricket. Even across the line, first ball, top quality stuff, really. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get better, man, does it? How was your batting today, Jazz? Oh, it's beautiful. It's what I live for. Just coming, turning up, seeing a ball apparently that hit top of off. I was hitting it towards Cow Corner. Uh, if it connected, though, what you've got to realise on Sunday, you're either a genius or you're a villain. Yeah? If that shot gets hit, I look amazing. And that's what I live for. You've got to live... It's uh, name the billboard, really. It's what you want. I know how you feel. I did hit two sixes, so uh, I think oh. I came out pretty well today. But... Your shot is what I had. I was like, oh, he just flicked one casually over... Okay, we... Oh, bold. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, the listeners will have heard lots about that this season. But uh, thank you very much. Outside the cock in in Idehill. Vidane Green, you've been fantastic. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy cricket? So, beautiful work from Yanni there. Time to talk fantasy. And Simon, uh, who's top of the league after this week? Well, Chris, I've got a few stats for you here. Um, It looks like uh, Tiz has been hard at work at home, uh, plugging away with moving people in and out, and he's extended the gap now with uh, one uh, one game to go. James Cesato's T-Bangers, G-Bangers is definitely in the lead, uh, so he is the man to catch. 
Mate, and that's good from him considering he's recently relinquished his captaincy duties, so he has no opportunity to influence, no no more insider trading accusations. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard from a few people he's been running a few AI scripts in the background to uh, really run the numbers on the stats <laughs> just to see... Bit of, bit of yeah, extra analysis time, deep yeah. analysis on the plough to really, you know, really catch those final few points at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, he's going to be a tough one to catch, I hear. Mate, that sounds like his young lad will be a stats nerd by the age of two at this rate with Absolutely. all this exposure. So, a good one for the plough. Um, who had the uh, who had the best week out of all the teams? Well, uh, I can see here that it is the man himself the man with an episode named after himself, Matt Bolshaw, um, with the good length 11, uh, running a 1,014 points um, because he's done the smart move um, and he's triple captained the double header, DeRay, um, and he snagged a whole lot of points for that. Well, mate, it's a... Like yourself, as someone who's not had the chance joining mid-season to get in on the fantasy, can I defer to one of the other two... What's a triple captain for those out there in podcast land who don't know? So every week you get to select your player you want to be as captain and you get double points for anything they do. So say they only hit 10 runs, you get that as 20 points rather than 10. And a triple captain you can use once a season and it gets you three times. So triple points for whatever they do that week. All right, and uh, who had the best week as a player out there? Um, well, it will go as no surprise. Uh, the man himself, DeRay Pretorius, with 215 points, uh, three wickets, two catches, one maiden, and a handy 64 runs. Or was it 60, 64? Unsure. I'm not going to get embroiled in that controversy. But... Um, <laughs> Of course, we wouldn't be amiss to uh, mention the man hot on his heels with a close uh, 64 points uh, behind, which is the man Matt Spencer. Um, so definitely the pick of the bunch this week, the double-headed DeRay. Great work, you two. Um, have we worked out how many of those points DeRay scored at the pub? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there a ratio on that? I think we might have to get... I don't, I don't know how the points work on this. So. It would make sense, actually. So, so Tiss puts the stats in, doesn't he? And he's at the top of the league. And DeRay is getting all these extra runs. Maybe we are on to something here. A bit of investigative Mate, journalism. That's, a, that, that's a podcast in itself. Yeah. That's, good, wow. that's some true crime is, stuff. Is there, t- feel is there a term for the opposite of drug avoidance <laughs> as well? Because <laughs> I feel like he's, he's pulled a Swifty on us there. I'll hold my hand up there and, and say that I, I definitely did get my jug in. You know, <laughs> uh, you can't you can't burgle yourself a fifty and then not get the jug in. I feel like uh, that is just uh, really a true crime in itself. But uh, uh, work hard, Harry. Uh, focus on school, stay at uni, and get better. <laughs> Thank you both for taking us through those stats there. Um, before we end this section, there is just that one game left. Um, but more importantly for, for some of us is the club day. If there were a fantasy team for club day, which there isn't for anyone listening, it doesn't affect points. Who would you back on club day as your fantasy captain? One player who's going to perform well on club day. DeRay, you go first. I don't think any legacy plough can look past this. It was years gone by. Tom hit zone Lonnen bowling to Nigel Stevenson, who decided, you know what, I'll just reverse sweep him for four. 
Um, he's got 700 runs, who, 700 wickets, who cares? Um, uh, I, I could not look past Yukup um, uh, himself, uh, Uncle Narod. Uh, he is uh, uh, a true, true, awesome player on Cup Day and is no doubt going to get everyone out. I completely agree with that. The I man love dislikes it. every other person at this club. He gets wickets and he hits runs on Cup Day. Great shout. Uh, Simon, coming to you, your shout if this was a hypothetical fantasy league. Um, I must say, I in the time I played in the Pirates, when Mo Khan came on to bowl and found his length, everyone thought they could smash him to the boundary, and they just couldn't. So check yourself before you wreck yourself when you come on to face Mo, because if he hits it in the right <laughs> spot, he gets some snow on it way up in the air, brings it down, and you can't hit it, it's going to hit the stumps. So with some, uh, I feel like there might be some ploughmen out there that might fancy themselves to hit some runs this week uh, at club day. And if um, you can't pick Mo, um, you might be in trouble. So I reckon that might just be a, a little inside tip. If he's playing, that is. I hope you are, Mo. I want to another, see you there. Another great yeah, fair, fair shout. I, uh, I feel like Mo's really developed his slider since the start of the season as well. He was he was really sort of looping it and then rushing people onto the pad. So, yeah, good Brilliant. shout. Spinners are in at the moment for club day. But Chris, as we come to you, your name? Um, mate, I'm going to have to give Leo Connolly a shout. I just think he oozes potential. I've seen him in the T20s there just smash the ball to all parts and sort of shorter format I think could really suit him as a bit of an all-rounder, really bowls a good heavy ball, fields well, he could uh, contribute all around the park so I feel like if there's a little double header format he'd, he'd be a great shout. Well we will find out on Saturday as Ploughmans play Ploughmans play Ploughmans and uh, the beer 11 is everyone. Um, so get yourselves down there if you're not already. I think everyone else is going to be there that's on the show today. Is Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. But no delay? Unfort- no, unfortunately, I am working um, this whole weekend from Thursday through to, to Monday. So unfortunately, no uh, club day for me. But um, someone else uh, has taken on the burden to bring the KFC. So don't worry. Everyone, uh, everyone will, will be okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, whatever you're doing this weekend. No, no local rules in play then. <laughs> DeRay only plays well against seven people and I think all the teams are full now after some great work from uh, Matt Bolshaw <laughs> in the selection committee. <laughs> and that brings us on to uh, any other business. Yanni, hit it. Any other business. Yes, Yanni, thank you again for your lovely renditions. We can't wait to hear some more. But this brings us on to any other business, and it starts with Plowman's Superstitions. Simon Crane, are you a superstitious bloke? Uh, un- unfortunately not, not overly superstitious, and I probably haven't been playing uh, cricket long enough to develop any really bizarre habits, but one thing I do like to do is, when I'm you know, batting at my usual place of 10 or 11, I do like to start getting padded up extra early, just to really uh, put some confidence in the uh, rest of the lineup um, and show them who's going to score some runs. Uh, I did enjoy, I think when we played Morden, me, Dan Rumford and uh, Ravi Cashman all padded up ready to go out when I think we were still only like five down or something like that. I don't know. We were just 
absolutely chomping at the bit to get out there. Um, but yeah, probably just padding up a little bit extra too early uh, to get a few runs on the board or get bowled for a duck, uh, which also happens. Um, yeah, that'd probably be the only one. I, I know that feeling well, the uh, the 45-minute pad rush to the board, first <laughs> yeah. or second ball. Oh, yeah, I love it. I know that I know that one. And, and Chris, what about yourself? Well, I've had a bit the opposite that, because since I've played for Ploughman's, any time we've been in a run chase and I've put my pads on, I haven't been required. So that's been a good little uh, Ploughman superstition directed towards me. I don't know whether the batsmen have no faith in me and concentrate extra harder, or whether I bring a feeling of safety, <laughs> but you can... Draw your own conclusions on that one. Um, but I have to say, personally, like when I'm batting, like I, I need a glove punch between overs. I, I, it feels like uh, incomplete business. And we used to play with a guy back home who refused to do it, and people just used to get him when he wasn't looking. It's, uh, it's a real thing. It's good energy. And, I, yeah, I feel, I feel just really awkward if you don't do it. So That's fantastic. And, Deezy, obviously we've heard yours. Dooza, we've heard yours before. Um, I did notice a new one this weekend, which was uh, inviting your ex down to watch you play. And um, obviously you did get to the 50, <laughs> so that one's paid off. Um, which brings me on to Obsessed by Line and Length. Um, I've got my own nomination here, but I'd like to hear yours. DeRay, have you got one? Yeah, I think uh, the man himself uh, on the pod today, a CRS, um, quite an expensive uh, spell for CRS, going for a, a massive three and over. Um, pretty expensive by his standards, but nevertheless, by the rest of us, obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. Definitely, definitely. He's, uh, he's appeared quite a few times in this segment, as has my uh, suggestion of Busy. Um, someone who doesn't massively back himself, but every time I've bowled with him, he's uh, been very economical, just 3.25 of his four um, when some batsmen were trying to hit some runs and took a wicket there as well. So I thought he was very good. And Simon, what about you in the, the other game? Uh, maybe not obsessed by line and length so much, but uh, we all did get to witness at, Uggs, at uh, Uxbridge, Lewis will be potentially get... Uh, flat batted for six for one of the biggest sixes we've probably ever seen by potentially a 15 year old so uh love that for lewis uh going for uh, i think none for 64 off eight or something like that so uh it's a good one to put in the books for him uh i mean not to was he hit off a length uh oh it doesn't matter i think it's just just went for six chris that's that's all that's important You can hit your length and still get hit for six, as we all know. So That's what I mean. I mean, it doesn't matter where you bowl. It doesn't matter where you bowl. <laughs> someone's going to hit you for six one day. Um, and and you've it. just got to take that and bowl quicker next ball. Um, this is clearly what we all do in response. <laughs> and Spence, talking about uh, fast bowlers and those that love to bowl it quick, can you tell me who is king of the castles? Uh, king of the castle with the uh, most wickets taken is still... Uh, name on an episode, Matt Bolshaw Bush, uh, 25 wickets for the season in 10 games. Um, he does it year in, year out. Um, no real change in the top five there either uh, with Lonnon in second and Puff and Lewis joint on third. And then on the other end of the spectrum, who is scoring all of the runs? Who is the highest run scorer for Plowmans with only one game to go? It is Max Gumpert with 699 runs this season. Uh, Surrey's just behind him on 614. But the interesting bit here 
is they are, other than Niraj, they've both played the most games. Max has played 22, Surrey 20, both of them in batting in most of those. And they are equal on fours scored across the season. They've both scored 76 fours, um, have similar strike rates. So, you know, it's not always about how many you hit, but how often you're hitting them. So Surrey might come through if he plays on on Sunday against Southbank to overtake Max. We'll have to wait and see who gets selected. And then from that, I'm just going to ask Sledge of the Week. Has uh, any good sledges been thrown around in your games? Yeah, I I feel like our opposition was really nice and they didn't give us much to work with. So we kind of took Tyrone a bit. There was a, a lot directed at Tom Lane about his, his three-star review on Google. He Tom Lane upon Thames was a little bit disappointed. He thought he'd be nudging up the ratings. So he got a bit for that, but... Uh, I have to say, I think Simon Crane takes it for our team on a bit of a self-sledge after really pumping himself up after his innings and declaring he was now a batsman. Yeah, look, uh, that might have been a little bit of an own goal. Um, I think... uh, I actually can't remember who said it to me, but um, after having a good day out one day, um, it's best not to double-head because you can always ruin that vibe this next day by, uh, (laughs) you know... You know, putting up the biggins, saying, you know, sacking off bowling. Look, you know, I think batting's the way. Walking out, oh, yeah, Paul Hines, like, oh, yeah, a few runs yesterday, mate. And you go, number six. Yeah, no worries, Paul. Easy, got the run sorted. Um, and then just getting absolutely <laughs> bowled through the gate, first ball, and uh, working, walking off to a couple of quiet swear words to myself and sitting in a corner for a while. So um, how easy is cricket, really? Uh, the only advice I can give you there, Simon, is um, just concentrate on strike rate because that one ball, uh, your golden duck, that's not really affecting yeah, the strike rate from I'm, the day I'm, before. Yeah, I'm very much a strike rate kind of guy, actually, Spence. So I think, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's right. That's what yeah. I said, yeah. N- knew I liked you there. Uh, DeRay, any sledges that uh, crossed your ears? Yeah, there's a, a pretty good one down at Verdane. Um, Hector, after getting a, a bright yellow golden um, coming out to bowl, um, uh, the oppers asked a bowler's name, please. Uh, upon which uh, I think it was Iskander or, or someone else at, uh, on the on the cover region uh, spelt his name G O L D E N Duck. Um, uh, Chris Butlin uh, later down uh, down down later down the overs uh, upon the rain pouring down said, "You know what? It is a, just a lovely day for ducks." Um, which uh, which I thought was pretty funny as well. Lots of ducks chats. Maybe that's our theme this week. Maybe ducks are uh, are going to make their way into the description of this episode. Um, Tease we mentioned earlier with Justin's, but just a shout out for Deray who turned up with uh, a massive multi pack of the cheapest crisps I've ever seen. But they went down pretty well. How many packets were in there? Uh, Thirty six. Um, but shout out to Cake um, who who was actually the pr- the the purchaser of those uh, those crisps. Uh, but I thought it would be a pretty weird thing to leave on my parents' houseboat, 34 packs of crisps. Uh, so I brought with to the Verdane game, and uh, we didn't even get through them. I think uh, still 10 of them are, are sitting in deep, dark Kent. Fantastic. Well, well um, hopefully the Verdane boys are, are getting well-fed this week on some cheap crisps. Now, with no new players towards the end of the season, and unfortunately no correspondence at Hello at ploughmancc.com. It brings me the, to the end of today's episode. And uh, just a quick one to say what's coming up again. It is Club Day on Saturday. And on Sunday, it is South Bank Cricket Club. Um, I don't know, episode nine in a row or something. Where uh, Episode 10 
uh, DeRay might be saying at me, where we, we get our strongest team out that we can possibly in mid, mid to end of September to, to take on South Bank Sunday side. Um, so if you are around, that, they'll both be at the DSG, both on the Hollies, I believe. Uh, and there's still some cricket to be played. So do get on down there. Uh, it leaves me with just a few things left to say. DeRay, thank you for coming and joining us today as a host and now a regular on the show. Friend of the show, DeRay Pretorius. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's lovely to see you and your very nice smile and your South African flag in the background. Uh, Simon Crane on debut. Thank you for coming uh, and joining us today. Have you enjoyed your experience? Oh, I loved it, Spence. Thank you for having me and... Uh... Hope to share a few uh, tips on the uh, betting masterclass episode next year for sure. <laughs> I look forward to getting to invited to that one as well. Uh, Chris Roden Smith, uh, Plowman's most economical uh, newbie by far. Um, thank you for coming. Uh, how have you found today, mate? Like all things plow, it's been most enjoyable. Uh, thanks for having us, and I, I look forward to Southbank destroying my economy as I approach the finish line. <laughs> If selected. <laughs> if selected. Big if. That's worth watching on its own. And uh, I guess thank you to our usual hosts for not being here and giving our listeners a break um, from the fastest, best-looking opening partnership, uh, Borshaw and Liam, uh, that Surrey have ever seen. <laughs> and to all of our listeners and all of the club, thanks for coming. This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Hugh Plowman CC. Plough on, guys. It's taking too much. Uh, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball near bouncer. We spent for six. So. This, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!